Or how about they like to complain about 40-hour jobs, 40-hour-a-week jobs. They love to complain about the weather. There's, there's one we can all talk about. Um, they love to complain about flying or the airlines. Try walking. Um, they like to f- complain about the toilet seat being left up. I've never complained about that. <laughs> Just so you know. They like to complain about Facebook statuses. I don't understand that one. I complain that I don't know how to use Facebook. So if I don't get back to you on Facebook, because I don't know what's going on sometimes. I just have no clue. Um, They like to complain about typos and grammatical errors. That's an amen to that. Boy, if you've ever made the bulletin here, uh, you've you've faced the wrath of some of you on that one. Uh, Someone liking them too much, so they're too clingy. Everybody wants to be liked, but don't like somebody too much. Nobody likes Mondays. They don't like spoilers online, so telling a punchline or telling the, the, the bang of the movie, what happens in the movie, or telling a score online, people hate that. Don't do it. People, I, this one I didn't understand. They hate waking up in the morning. <laughs> Think about that one, right? I give a big, hearty, huge double amen to this one. People complain about Nickelback, Justin Bieber, Twilight, and Miley Cyrus. <laughs> amen. Wow. People complain about hangovers. That's an easy cure, that one. But People complain about handling their own responsibilities. Jeepers, I have to work late tonight and everybody else gets to party. Well, it's your responsibility. And then another one which I thought was really funny. People complain about complaining people. So I found this. This is a classic. You may have seen this way back when, but this is a Snoopy comic that I found when I was looking around. I don't know if you have it up there yet, but here's Snoopy. looks at his stuff again. He goes, how about that? This is Thanksgiving, by the way. How about that? Everybody's eating turkey today, but I, just because I'm a dog, I get dog food. Of course, it could have been worse. I could have been born a turkey. Do you ever feel like that, though? Do you ever feel like the turkey? Do you ever feel like you're getting the short end of the stick? I find that even when I, I, when I moved out here from the prairies, it was very interesting. Uh, my friend and I had this conversation, how we noticed some things quite differently, a pressure here that wasn't necessarily as hard in, in the prairies. And that was, we would drive along, and there was all sorts way high on these hydro poles, lose 30 pounds now, look the best, the fittest, and all this stuff. And there's so many things to compare yourself to other people in this area. It's hard just to have a humble house and uh, drive a beater. I had grade five kids mocking me out when I drove a 1989 Acura Integra. They laughed at me. He's like 13 years old. I said, show me your car. (laughs) So we have that. And you ever feel a little bit like... It's hard to give thanks because you feel a little bit like a turkey or like the turkey. Everybody else has something to be thankful for, but you're headed for the oven. Dr. Dale Robbins writes, I used to think people complained because they had a lot of problems, but I have come to realize that they have problems because they complain. Complaining doesn't change anything or make situations better. It amplifies frustration It spreads discontent and discord and can invoke an invitation for the devil to cause havoc uh, with our lives. Complaining makes us miserable. What do you think? That's true, isn't it? Complaining makes us miserable. 
So I found a, a portion of scripture that I want to share with you. It's in, found in 1 Thessalonians 5. I think we have it up there with you. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting at verse, uh, that's so funny, 5 verse 12. Dear brothers, sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. I just thought about that one, especially as we just said goodbye to Pastor Ken. You know, so that doesn't always mean throwing cash at him and stuff, but just a real honor that it's not just necessarily, oh, the authority because of they're in this position. Because it's, you, they've been called to something just like you've been called to something. But, you know, Godly Ken was working his butt off. So let's honor him and let's continue to honor Nova and our leaders on the board and all that stuff. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. Encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak and be patient with everyone. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstance, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Let's pause there for a second. You want to know the will of God? You ever wondered what's the will of God? Start here. So that's what it says right there. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful for all, in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong in Christ Jesus. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. May God bless the reading of his word. So that's kind of an interesting portion of scripture, and I gave you kind of the context of it or the background of it, because obviously we're going to be talking about verses 16 to 18, which is, I'll read it for you again, always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. This is God's will. This is God's will for you to be joyful, to pray like crazy, to be thankful for whatever situation you find yourself in. One of Ken's favorite verses all things work together for those who love the Lord. It's one of the worst verses you want to hear right at the beginning when somebody just dies. Walk up to them, well, all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. Shh, I feel awful right now. Don't talk to me about silver linings right now. This is awful. But this is kind of what he's saying in that never stop doing this. Be thankful in all circumstances, even though you might not see the silver lining yet. For this is God's will for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Be joyful, pray like crazy, be thankful for whatever situation you find yourself in. When I was going through this, I was kind of paying attention to some of the words that were before and after some of these chubby words. So joyful, it says be joyful. Kind of sounds like a choice, doesn't it? Be joyful, never stop praying. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will. Continue to pray like crazy. Continue to look toward him. Continue to look to God as your source, to your strength, not just looking at yourself or whatever connections you might have. 
whatever the circumstances, give thanks. So the last portion of the verses there, if you've noticed, were kind of haunting for me. Because, I don't know if you want me to read it again or if you can blast it back up there, Tennyson. But verses 19 to the end say this. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies. But test everything that is said and hold on to what is good. Stay away from evil, every kind of evil. Could it be that we have the formula to do that stuff by being thankful? Being thankful is huge. In Romans chapter 1, it seems that God even gives people over to their pleasures and one of the things is they no longer give him glory and they are no longer thankful. Thankful is huge. Being a disciple of Christ, huge. Being thankful. Could it be that because of a complaining spirit, we actually stifle our growth in Jesus Christ? And you do not experience victory in your life, in your Christian life, because you aren't thankful. You'd rather complain. Could it be that you're stifling the work of the Holy Spirit in your life? Could it be that you can't recognize a prophecy because you're so enamored with your own problems that you wouldn't even notice if God would come today and all of a sudden there would be writing on the wall with the finger of God? You wouldn't even notice because you're too busy talking to your neighbor about your complaints. Or could it be that you actually get into trouble and moral failure because you have no energy for discernment and you have no energy for wisdom and you actually get sucked into every kind of evil because you're just focusing on me, me, me and the negative and complaining. It seems here that Paul is onto something. When I was hanging out with Harmon a while ago, he talked about a negative Nelly. Uh, that just made me laugh because now I, when I hang out with somebody that's kind of draining, ah, oh, such a negative Nelly. Sees the, the empty cup in every situation. Are you that kind of person? Could it be, wouldn't it bother you that you realize you're rotting or you're in this rut of complaint and A, you wonder now and you realize God isn't speaking to you or maybe he has been speaking to you and you don't know it because you've just been listening to your own complaining voice. Or the Lord wants to give you direction in life, wants to put a prophecy over you, and you don't notice it because you've been listening to your own prophecies. Or could it be that you actually fall into trouble or fall into moral failure just simply because you have no energy, you have nothing left, you're so tired, but yet whatever kind of energy you have, you've been spilling it out onto other people with complaints. Philippians 2 Another thing that Paul has penned, he says, do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. I find that intriguing. That He goes on to say, do everything without complaining so you can be blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. Aren't you peculiar? Aren't you odd? Aren't you weird when you're actually thankful for stuff? When you're in a lineup waiting for something and you don't join the crowd like, oh, I can't believe it. It's so hot outside. Isn't it weird or peculiar when you find something fun to talk about? 
when you're just pumped to be at this concert, when you're just pumped that you're getting food in this lineup, really don't underestimate how peculiar and how much of a light, how much of a witness you can be for Christ just simply by being thankful. Because thanksgiving isn't necessarily all that natural for us. In which you shine like stars. You know what? Easy for Paul to say, the guy that penned this. His life was glamorous. He lived on easy street. Pish, pash. Paul, come on. Come to the real world. Well, I opened up Paul's journal in 2 Corinthians 11. And he goes on. This is a part of his journal here. I have worked harder, been put in prison more often. I've been whipped times without number. And I faced death again and again. Five times, sorry, five different times, the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times, so they tried to kill him. This is what, you know, 39, 40 minus one was pretty much the max. They knew after that they'd kill a person. 30 times, I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I faced dangers from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, on the seas. I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long and during many, many sleepless nights. I have been hungry. I have been thirsty. I have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to even keep me warm. That's part of his journal. So I figure if that's part, I don't think any of us have had it that bad. So if this guy can go through all that and just say, be thankful, I think we can take a page out of his journal and maybe order our lives in that kind of way. Thanksgiving is not an event or a day, you guys. It, it's not based on circumstances. It's an outlook, a response, and the D word. It's a discipline. It's a discipline. So Thanksgiving is not an event or a day or it's not based on circumstances. It's an outlook, a discipline, and a response. And what do I mean by that? Is even what I was saying yesterday about Ken, I mean, we can look at him and go, wow, his DNA was so nice. He was such a gentle guy. You know, you know what? No, he worked at being that. He worked at being a guy that wouldn't react and would respond. He worked at being a really thoughtful, faithful husband. He worked at all this stuff. So we can't just point, oh, he had easy street. No way, man. He went through suffering and hard times too as a kid. And as he continued on, him and Nova, man, when Nova, I think was 30, ended up with, uh, um, what does she have? Um, pardon me? Rheumatoid heart arthritis. And she pretty much had to give up what she lived for was uh, helping others with hospitality and playing piano. They went through the ringer. But somehow they continued to cultivate thanksgiving because it's not based on circumstances. It's not based on a day on the calendar. It's based on your outlook, realizing that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. A cure for complaint is a commitment to thanksgiving. It's a strategy even. Uh, my wife's a counselor, so she always has to throw in her, her counseling stuff. <laughs> but it's even a strategy in counseling to battle against depression. This is amazing. So when she said that, I had to look up a little bit more. Uh, Dr. Deborah Serrani from Psychology Today says, studies show that consistent positive interactions, particularly ones that involve gratitude, 
increase happiness and decrease levels of depression. So what are the gratitude techniques uh, research says help alleviate depression? I'm going to give you seven things that psychology today says will help you uh, lift you from the miry clay of depression. Number one is a gratitude visit. Deliver a letter of gratitude in writing or email to a person that you're grateful to and you need to thank them appropriately. That's number one, a gratitude visit. Number two, three good things. Write down three good things that have gone well for you this week. Number three, using signature strengths in a new way. So you know you have a gift or you know that you're good at something. Now use that good something that you're good at in a different way. Use it outside the box to bring encouragement to somebody else. Number four, uh, three funny things. Write down three funny things that you experienced this week. Really, really pay attention. Ken Davis, who's a Christian comedian, he has a notebook in his, in his uh, pocket. And I love it. I've taken some, uh, some advice from his book because there's illustrations all around us. Half the time we forget about it or we don't pay attention. Like just pay attention. Put a notebook in your pocket. And there's so many things to be thankful for or to laugh about. Number five is counting your kindness. Count and report the acts of kindness you you offer every day or the ones that you receive every day number six gift of time offer at least three gifts of time by contacting or meeting three people about whom you care about each week and number seven one door closes another door opens write a moment in your life this week when a negative event led to an unforeseen positive consequence She goes on to say, so why do these gratitude experiences boost happiness and alleviate depression? Scientists say that these techniques shift our thinking from negative outcomes to positive ones, elicit a surge of feel-good hormones like dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin. Is that, you want to say the right one there, man. (laughs) Oxytocin and build enduring personal connections. Okay, this is psychology, so don't think I'm going all self-help here, because who is the author of creation? Who's the author of our brains? Who's the author of this cool stuff like dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin? The good Lord. The good Lord, our creator. So there's certain things that we can do to actually get out of our rut, to get out of our rot, in order to become a more thankful person. And I guarantee you that as you become a more thankful person, you'll also become more joyful. As you become more joyful, all of a sudden you'll have more people that want to hang out with you. So if you don't want friends, keep being grumpy. Colossians 3, same guy, let the word of Christ, and here's the D word that I have been harping on for the last two weeks, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So it's not talking about a drive-thru. It doesn't say, let the word of Christ go through the drive-thru. It says, dwell in you richly by teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in, in your hearts to God. And in whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You know how hard it is to complain when you're singing? In fact, I have this challenge for you. If you've got lots of belly aching to do, make an appointment with me, but I'm going to say this. I want you to sing your complaints to me. Sing them. Don't talk to me. Sing them. And I bet you, you can't do it. And that's why sometimes, it, you know, we got to take it easy on the old country songs and a definitely rap. 
holy mackerel, so many of them are so negative. And then we feel so bleh. Well, garbage in, garbage out. Garbage in, garbage out. What are you listening to? What are you a part of? Are you dwelling on the good stuff that Christ has for us? Dwelling on what we learned Sunday morning. Dwelling small group stuff. Dwelling when you realize the great people you get to work with. When the teaching and admonishing, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts. I was so pumped after VBS, you guys. This was amazing. My nine-year-old, all of a sudden, he couldn't hang out uh, Friday. We had to take off Thursday of VBS. He never sings and stuff like that. On the way home, he was a bit tearful. And then I put in the uh, DVD of VBS and he started to sing. My kid doesn't sing. That night, I went up, I said, go to, room, go to your room, guys, get ready for bed, eh? I went to his room, and uh, I said, guys, you're supposed to get ready for bed. A bit exasperated, right? And he jumped up from his pillow, and he had just been weeping in his pillow. He gave his life to Christ that night. But I saw it coming, because he never sang. I'm not saying, like, if you, you, know, if you don't know how to hold a tune, you're not a Christian. Shoot! <laughs> you can take singing lessons. No. But you know what I'm saying? That even if you are horrible at singing, there's something that, you're pumped to be alive. Even if life sucks in your circumstances, who cares? You're pumped to be alive. Good things are going on. And you choose that, and you start to make a habit out of that. You start to make a rote a rut, and now you smell like rotten Thanksgiving. That makes no sense. Scratch that from the... <laughs> so whatever you do, word or deed, in everything, give thanks to the Lord. It's so hard to complain when you have a song in your heart. You want to shine like stars in the universe, what we just talked about? Learn to be thankful, because it's countercultural. Take, and I've been saying this to my kiddos too, that you have, you got two ears, one mouth. So be careful. Listen two times more before you put that thing in gear. But I'd like to say that even to us as adults, if you want to shine like stars in the universe, learn to be thankful. And one way to do that is take every thought captive and leave it captive until you make it thankful and then release it. So take every thought captive captive if all of a sudden your lips are about to engage and you realize i'm about to bellyache and drag this whole room down with me zip it leave it in prison until you do whatever to that thought to make it thankful to make it a thought of gratitude and then spill out on others that is a strategy to shine like stars in the universe sometimes we come up with all sorts of evangelism programs and stuff to reach our neighbors for christ my goodness be happy sometimes. That will make you attractive to shine like a star in the universe. Invite people over to your place. Get out of your car when you fill in gas and chat with the guy that's filling in gas. Be thankful when you go through the, you know, and, like, there's just so many neat strategies and all you got to do is be thankful and shine like a star in the universe and then be ready to share why you're pumped and why you're shining like a star. Thanksgiving is not an event or a day. It's an outlook, a discipline, and a response. So, I know that this sermon has been the worst ever, and it's gone on way too long. 
but your assignment should you choose to accept it. When I was struggling with gut issues, I've ulcerative colitis. So uh, when I was really, really struggling, so 99, it was the worst. I was here. I, I just got this job. And uh, I was, most of the time, I was working from the bathtub. Try not to picture that. But uh, that's how bad it was. And it was the worst. I was coming to an end of my rope. I was depressed and all that stuff. And uh, finally, through a connection, there was some doctor downtown Vancouver that was a doctor and a full-fledged naturopath. So one of those dietitian blah, blah, blah. I went to see him, and uh, he was excited about what he did. That's cool in the first place. But he gave me a sheet of paper and sent me away. And for the next while, I had to write down every single item or morsel that passed my lips and that went into my gut. I had to write down everything. It was the worst. Because you know how many times you just grab a handful of nuts or you just grab a granola bar or you just you know, drink some milk? It's amazing how many things we do without even noticing. So I had to write down everything, be critical and record everything so that we could come to some, some conclusion why my GI system was complaining. My gut was always complaining. So here's your assignment. Sunday and Monday, only two days, one and a half days. Sunday and Monday. Be very aware and critical of what you're thinking about and what is coming out of your mouth. What is coming out of your mouth today and tomorrow? It could be that you're depressed because you insist on focusing on the complaint. You may be lonely or struggle with holding on to friendships because your conversations always center around complaining. So today, in the spirit of thanksgiving and being thankful of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross and we want to shine like stars in the heaven, this is our assignment, is to be very, very critical what is coming out of my mouth and to take it captive and leave it captive until it can come out as a piece of thanksgiving. This is your mission should you choose to accept it today and tomorrow. Heavenly Father, I'm thankful that we get to be together, even through crummy times of the last couple weeks. It's really cool to uh, uh, suffer with others and to love on others and go back and forth. And uh, Lord, it's so good to be in your house today. We're thankful wherever we are, how much we have. We have each other. We have you, Lord Jesus, and we're just so thankful for what you have given us. I ask in Jesus' name that even this week, and just even the, the two days that I've chatted about, that you'd even help us to create a new habit. That we would grab onto the thoughts and onto the things that want to spill out of the threshold of our lips. And we would grab those things and keep them captive until they come out as blessings or until they come out as thanksgiving. Because, Heavenly Father, we do want to shine like stars in the universe. And I thank you for the strategy that you have given us. So Lord, empower us. Help us to pay attention to what's going on in our thoughts, in our minds, in our hearts. And Lord, we do want to shine like stars in the heavens. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me leave you with a benediction and then the worship team will uh, usher us out with another song. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way and make your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until the Lord Jesus Christ comes again. 
God will make this happen for he who calls you is faithful. Happy Thanksgiving.